Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, August 1st. If you're hearing this uh, here on Wednesday, but we are recording the show on Tuesday afternoon immediately following practice. I'm Caroline Gonzalez joined by my co-host John DeShazer because of course Wednesday is an off day for the players, which means thank God it is an off day for us because my legs are hollering. Everything is hollering. I need to do some laundry. need to catch up on some things at home. I don't know about you, JD. You're like 23 years old. Or Don't tell my age on air, JD. And I'm 24. Put some respect on it. Oh, okay, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, but yeah, it's it's due. It's due. Um, I think everybody is ready for a break now, especially the guys who have actually been out there running around uh, in the heat, as opposed to us who's been standing around um, talking about those guys running around in the heat. So it's a good time um, for every team to take a break right now because. I'm sure their legs are getting a little bit weary, even though it's one practice a day and probably a walkthrough in the afternoons. Man, you get tired of the monotony of it. Uh, again, the heat. Uh, you're ready to get off your feet. You know, you always hear players talking about getting off their feet and keeping mm-hmm. it fresh. Uh, this will be an opportunity for those guys to get off their feet and hopefully freshen up and be ready uh, for Thursday's work. Now, on today's show, we will be catching up with Good Morning Football host from NFL Network, Kay Adams. She'll discuss the first week of Saints training camp and her thoughts from a national perspective. We'll also catch up with Saints tight ends coach Dan Campbell. Uh, He talks about the addition of Jared Cook and Alizé Mack. uh, Alizé Mack coming in the um, NFL draft this year. Uh, speaking of Alizé Mack, J.D., before we get into our interviews, we did see him go down with a little hamstring. I don't want to say injury. It was I don't know if it was a cramp. He popped up a little bit a few seconds afterwards, but kind of describe what you saw today here in practice. Yeah, we saw a little bit of attrition, and I think, you know, three straight days in pads, uh, guys might have been uh, not as crisp as they were, obviously, earlier uh, the previous couple of days. And so we saw Teron Armstead, you know, go down with an injury, temporarily jump mm-hmm. back up, pop back up. I'm sure if it was a game situation, he could have gone back and played. We also saw uh, undrafted rookie receiver Emmanuel Butler, who's been turning a lot of heads. He went inside, um, looked like he might have been nicked up. Fortunately for the Saints, doesn't look like anything's you know, extremely serious. Uh, now, Butler and Mack obviously need to get back on the field. Yeah. And if you're, if you're injured, uh, there's just nothing you can do about that. Um, but if you hurt, if you, if it aches, then that might be a situation where they can get back on the field. But those two guys need to get back on because, you know, Butler's been making such an impressive uh, run so far at receiver. Uh, so he wants to get back out there and continue his momentum. And Mack is a physical specimen, and he's playing a position tight end where he might be able to crack into the rotation if he has a good training camp and if he shows some good things. So both of those guys will obviously want to get back onto the field as quickly as possible. Fortunately for the Saints, we hadn't seen any, I don't think, uh, much heat-related attrition. Uh, guys, you know, dehydration or cramping up or those kinds of things. Not a lot of it. Now, you know, we're in South Louisiana, man, and it, it, it's warm mm-hmm. and humid. And so you can lose a lot of body, body fluids. In fact, um, talking to A.J. Klein today, he said he lost, I think, eight pounds yesterday Yeah, he lost eight practice, pounds, yep. Uh, which is incredible because I lost eight pounds in practice yesterday, and I think I gained 15 <laughs> after. But that's neither here nor there. I um, think AJ Klein too <laughs> said he, he has to change shoes. He has to change cleats halfway through practice because literally he was yeah. walking and there was water coming yeah. out of his cleat or sweat coming out of his cleats, which is yeah. disgusting but also insane to see. Yeah, and and that happens with those kinds of athletes. So uh, hopefully, again, I don't think anybody has been really, really badly adversely affected by the weather, and hopefully it stays that way because 
Yeah, let's be honest. It's only going to get worse. Um, we've had actually, if you if you want to really kind of categorize it, we've had a pretty mild run yeah. of it here these first few days. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it stays that way. Uh, but again, it's South Louisiana. It's going to get hot, man. And it's going to stay hot, and it's going to be humid. So hopefully, everybody uh, hydrates properly. I'm sure Coach Payton will appreciate me saying that. And uh, and we won't have any uh, get some electrolytes heat. in you. Yeah, we won't have any heat related issues. Well, you know, we have that day off tomorrow. Hopefully, guys can recover from um, you know any heat, like you said, heat related inju- injuries, tiredness. Hopefully, they'll rest up tomorrow, be able to visit with their families, things like that. But when you talk about guys like Alize Mack, Emmanuel Butler, who need to make an impression this training camp, um, and you talk about Butler, who already has, we have nine games till our first preseason game. How long would you say they have? to kind of, I don't want to say be out um, until it makes a difference, but do you say, would you say that they have any kind of leeway to be out? I mean, well, they need I mean, to make an impression. Well, if you're injured, you, you can't go. Right. I mean, if you can't go, you just can't go. And, and but Butler, at what point do you kind of suck it up and say, all right, yeah, I got to go for and it? And especially for guys like that, and I think, you know, that's the pressure of a young player. Um, when you don't have anything, if you're a first-round pick, that's one thing. Uh, Alizé Mack was a seventh-round pick. Emmanuel Butler, an undrafted rookie. And those guys – Understand, there's the clock ticking in their head. How long can I be out? And in fact, Al, um, Emmanuel Butler was like clearly frustrated at having to leave the yep. field today. He wanted to get back out there. And he just couldn't go. So you know, it had to be, you know, obviously something that was not uh, good enough for him to be able to get back on the field. They need to get back out there. Um, that's that's the simple fact of it. Butler made a fantastic impression, but he hadn't done anything in an NFL preseason game. He hadn't. He doesn't have any skins on the wall when it comes to an NFL regular season game. So he wants to wants and needs to get back out there. Same thing for Mac. Mac had a disappointing college career. We've seen him as a nice receiver here in training camp, but he hadn't done anything in an NFL preseason game. He ain't done anything in an NFL regular season game. So he needs to get back out there and continue stacking good days, as they like to say. Um, I, I don't know how much goodwill both of them have have put up. I think Butler even more so than Mac because, you know, he, his emergence is one of the reasons that Cameron Meredith became expendable for this team, I would imagine. So he has already stacked up some pretty good days. But, again, you don't want that momentum to slip. Uh, as, they, as the vets always say, it's hard to, you, you can't make the club in the tub. Uh, it's hard to be injured and make the team. And, you know, it's also another cliche, out of sight, out of mind. If you're not on the field – that leaves a void for somebody else to step into and impress. Well, as I said, we talked to Dan Campbell, tight ends coach, uh, a little bit later in the show. He talked about Alizé Mack um, and his football IQ, his ability to learn the playbook. So, of course, we hope to see him out uh, on Thursday. But first things first, let's go ahead and get to our interview with Good Morning Football host uh, from NFL Network, Kay Adams. All right, Kay, so far we've been living, breathing, and dying at New Orleans Saints football. But from a national perspective, you're able to see all the training camps, everything that's been going on. So for you, what's been the most entertaining team to watch so far? Oh, entertaining. That's a great question. I mean, Kansas City always has great highlight reels. Uh, It's business as usual out there with the Chargers. I wouldn't say entertaining, but definitely the big storyline of this training camp in the late offseason, it's definitely been the holdouts, and you have them going on there in Metairie as well. But seeing the Zeke Elliott in Cabo and Melvin Gordon wanting to get paid, running backs continuing to take a stand as their value depreciates year to year, it's been really fascinating to see 
players sort of take what they can do into their own hands uh, for once. And then Michael Thomas, of course, is a guy that I'm going to need to get back ASAP. <laughs> you know, Kate, we know this is the NFL, but does it does this kind of have a, an NBA feel to it when you mention the timeouts and I mean, excuse me, the holdouts and and guys attempting to, I guess, take more control of their careers earlier? With NBA, I think more money, and it's going up and up all the time. As far as the running backs are concerned, you look at a guy like you know Todd Gurley. He ends up getting hurt. He gets fifty million dollars. It's a very fascinating thing because I work for the league and I see the owner's perspective on what the risk is in paying a, a guy who has a, a shorter shelf life a lot of money. But I also see the player's perspective of Melvin Gordon not wanting to go out there. Zeke Elliott looking at DeMarco Murray and then giving him the ball 400 times and then cutting ties with him. So it's really fascinating to see uh, the way it's all gone down after Le'Veon Bell. And it's really such a cautionary tale, too, because you have to understand that everybody's not Le'Veon Bell. So everybody can't do what he did. So it's very interesting to see where running backs and where teams are going to draw the line. From a fan perspective, um, do you think – it's frustrating, you know, going through this training camp practice and kind of having that anxiety of kind of the Le'Veon Bell effect. Like, are these guys going to hold out for the entire season? Um, are we going to have the same team we did last year? Do you think, like, from a fan perspective, it kind of gets frustrating and worrisome? I do. I didn't have that worry really until Le'Veon Bell did it. Right. It really wasn't an option for, in my head as a fan, to think a player is actually going to miss games. It's all – taken care of during training camp and everybody's going to come sit at the table and figure it out so everyone can be on the field. The weird thing about the teams that are holding out this year, um, Melvin Gordon, the Chargers are a Super Bowl contender. You yeah. look at the Dallas Cowboys, they very much are in a window to win a Super Bowl. You hop around the league and you look at the same, your squad and what's going on there, they need Michael Thomas and it's those situations where the players really do have leverage because there's these windows given the salary cap and given keeping everybody together and healthy in a really crowded NFC that makes, you know, the, the players feel like it's an off-grade opportunity for them to get some security for themselves. Absolutely. Well, you talk about the Saints being a, a Super Bowl contending team along with Michael Thomas. So for the past couple of years, obviously, the Saints have been right there, right? Obviously, two devastating losses in the playoffs, um, but they are bringing back, of course, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, their top 10 defenders from last year. Um, from a national perspective, the expectations for the Saints going into the season, is it is it more? Is it less? Is it the same? as it was last year? I mean, the Saints have added some pretty key pieces to this team. Do you think the expectations are for them to continue that success that they've had over the last two years? 100%. I'm going to have to give my Super Bowl pick, and I think I'm going to continue to roll with the Chargers despite their holdout issue right now with Melvin Gordon and the Saints once they get Michael Thomas done, and I think that'll happen maybe before this podcast goes out, honestly. (laughs) Um, I think they'll get back there. I really do. I think it's a very optimistic uh, outlook on your star wide receiver. I mean, they are on that trajectory, and there's it's so interesting. It was pointed out to me that the Rams went to the Super Bowl, and the way they lost was so brutal that nobody's talking about the Rams. Yeah. The team that beat the Saints what, by whatever way they did, and they got there and lost, yet everybody still looks at the Saints as the contender, and almost the favorite over the Rams who were the Super Bowl team. And it's because this team is loaded. This team does have stability when so many other teams don't, and they will grow and get better. And I feel like these freak losses, I see that every day. I saw it with the Eagles and their underdog mentality. I saw it with the Jaguars who felt really disrespected, and they got themselves to an AFC championship game. And we see it 
weirdly, with the Patriots every year, they reinvent ways to sort of find adversity and let it feed them to greatness and fuel them. And I think that this team is all about that. I love the additions. I'm sure we'll get into it. The fact that the Saints were even able to do what they did with Michael Thomas and no other receiver having more than 28 catches last year is beyond amazing. And then they went and added pieces that they needed. Along those lines, okay, how difficult is it for a team to to continue to maintain? We've seen it with New England. That's, I guess, the outlier where they do it year after year after year. But now the Saints, three consecutive years, are looking for another division championship, uh, another trip deep into the playoffs, uh, hopefully to to the Super Bowl this year. But how difficult has it been for teams to be able to maintain once they climb the mountain and and then to stay there and and to continue to to project upward? Well, I mean, the the Patriots would be the example that you used. I mean, they're in the AFC East where they've won 10 straight division titles. Look at the division they were in. The one that the Saints are in is certainly more competitive. The NFC as a whole, I believe, is way, way tougher of a gauntlet than what anybody deals with in the AFC truly. So I just feel like the Saints, they should be compared to the Patriots because they have a, a, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. They have a coach who, year to year, the reason that I can keep and continually have such faith in this team is because the ingenuity of your coach, the creativity that he will bring to any given offense, the way he'll work Jason Hill and the way he will use Alvin Kamara, the way I know that he will draw plays for new addition Jared Cook in ways that we maybe have never seen him be able to perform coming off a career high year. So it's that sort of thing that sort of gives me no worry. And seeing them at camp so far, Metairie, they're having a great time. Like, they're having a lot of fun, and that's what I love, fell in love with about this team about three years ago. Yeah, we're never lacking dance moves or uh, exciting times here at the Oshner Sports Performance Center. That is for sure. Um, you touched on Jared Cook and that addition and the, the way that uh, Sean Payton will add him into this offense. Let's talk about a little bit Latavius Murray and Jared Cook. I mean, two weapons that the Saints have added to this offense. Um, and as, as you said, I mean, Sean Payton just continues to find ways for these guys in the offense. He's going to find ways uh, to utilize Alvin Kamara in different ways. Taysom Hill, I mean, we always joke Taysom Hill's position is football. You know, like he is all over the field at any time. So, uh, what I mean, what are you most looking forward to out of this Saints offense? I mean, obviously, we're, they're bringing some attention away from Michael Thomas, adding it to Jared Cook. Do you think it's, it's safe to say we might see Jared Cook as a number two receiver this year for the Saints? I mean, I still think Ted Ginn is going to have a great year. I think people very much sleep on him because of his age and the fact they just played five games last year. But mm-hmm. he isn't just the deep threat for Drew Brees. He also helps that run game that you're talking about because you have to respect the speed that he brings to the table and onto the field. You can't load up the box when you have Ted Ginn healthy on the field. I had a great opportunity to talk to him about how he's training, maintaining his body at the age of 33 or 34, whatever he is right now. And he says that he learned from Alvin Kamara, who clearly has innovative training techniques and all sorts of pliability slash diet things that he does. And Ted Ginn is really buying into that uh, as he furthers his career. And he's been in for, you know, what, 13 years now, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I think Ted Ginn's uh, like a sneaky piece that people don't like to talk to, but with him and Michael Thomas on the field, that's going to be epic. And let's be honest, there is some, I would say, like wide receiver questions. There's some, I know Emmanuel Butler is going out there and looking great, and that's the benefit of having Michael Thomas off the field right now is developing chemistry and getting in those first team reps. But to me, yeah, Derek Cook has to be the guy because I feel like since Jimmy Graham, we haven't really seen that receiving threat. I love what he did with the Raiders last year, and 
I mean, Ben Watson, Josh Hill, all those guys, they, they weren't, they weren't out there being actual receiving weapons for Drew Brees. Like, Sean Payton's going to, in my opinion, draw stuff up for Jared Cook. He's at least said that much so far. So, I mean, I have my eyes on Traquan as well, but Jared Cook definitely, and, and Ted Ginn, even if he doesn't rack up the stat box numbers, his presence on the field is epic and really, really important for a Super Bowl run. Absolutely, I agree. Well, I was going to ask you your way too early expectations for the Saints, but you already said you think they're a Super Bowl contender, so I'll take that and yeah. run with it. Kay, what was your favorite thing to do this offseason? Oh, my goodness. I know you've had a busy uh, offseason. I did, but I actually worked too much and did not travel enough. Probably <laughs> hanging out with my nephews and my niece. Whenever I had a break, I sort of went and turned my phone off and hung out with them. So that's probably my best part. That's great. I'm a big family person, too, so I completely understand that. Kay, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thanks. And, Caroline, don't sleep on Latavius Murray because I know Mark Ingram was great, but Latavius Murray is somebody that I know personally – He's huge. He's a great locker room guy. And when he, in 2017, was in a split backfield with McKinnon up there in Minnesota, he posted similar numbers to what uh, Mark Ingram did So I just in, in 12 games last year. So to me, Latavius Murray could be good for like eight, nine touchdowns easy. All right. You heard it here first. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not, sleep- I'm not sleeping on anyone. I'm excited. I mean, I trust good. Sean Payton, I Mickey Loomis. I trust them. <laughs> Thanks, Kay. We appreciate you. you. I'll see you. I'll see you in Miami. All right. See you there. As always, it's good to hear from Good Morning Football host Kay Adams. Thanks to her for coming on the show. Um, But we're not done yet. I was able to catch up after practice yesterday with tight ends coach Dan Campbell. Say, what's the difference in having Drew Brees as a quarterback? I mean, he's going to put the ball in different places. He's going to do things that you wouldn't even think a quarterback is able to do. What's kind of that that relationship been like? Listen, it's been it's. To this point, it's been everything that we hoped it would be, and that's why we wanted to get Cook because it gives him, it gives him another toy, another weapon down the middle of the field, somebody away from Mike Thomas, somebody on the top of Kamara, and and just somebody else the defense has to worry about. And so, you know, what you've already seen from the spring till now is listen. There may be coverages that say don't throw it there, and he throws it because he trusts the guy. Right. And. And to your point, that, that's the beauty of it is, man, like he threw one today that he's kind of got a defender under him, yeah. defender over, and he throws it high back shoulder, and they can't cover it. He goes up and makes a play. And that's what, man, that's what Drew's been dying for. That's what, he, that's what he's wanted. And that's kind of what we need around here. And uh, so it's been good. Listen, anytime you've got a quarterback like Drew Brees, I mean, he makes everybody around him better. Right. So we get a guy like Cook who is – He's a very good player, and so Drew's only going to elevate his game as well, mm-hmm. and hopefully he'll even elevate Drew's game some. So, Alize, as far as as far as a maturity level, do you think he's he's slowly picking things up? He's slowly kind of learning the playbook, learning how things go around here from a professional standpoint. I do, I do. Um, I would tell you this: the kid has done a really, really good job of getting in the playbook. Okay. You know, he he studies, he takes meticulous notes. He wants to know it. Um, I feel like he's humbled himself a little bit here, you know, which it, it'll happen when you get around the vets. Today was the first day of pads, so he got stung a little bit. Right. and But that's okay because I could tell it bothered him. And uh, so, I, look, I've been to this point three days in in the spring. I've been pleased with him. Where do you balance that, that humbleness, but also you want them to have the confidence to go out there and know that they can make the play? Well, I'll tell you this. If you know Mac, he's not going <laughs> to – He's not going to lack any confidence, all right? All right? He, 
I think, no, I, I, think I haven't he's, noticed that at all. I think he really believes in himself, which is a good thing. So with somebody like him, you you always kind of have to knock him down a peg, you know. But he'll be just fine. But he, I've been impressed with the fact that he's he's been on it mentally, and that's the most important thing right now for that kid. He's, the plays are going to come because he's got enough talent. But mentally, he's been on it. That'll do it for the Saints podcast for Wednesday, August 1st. Thanks for joining us. Again, the Saints are off today, uh, so no practice, no media availability. As always, check out NewOrleansSaints.com for all the content, quarterback challenges, coach interviews, player interviews, everything that you need to know is on NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll return to practice tomorrow here at the Oster Sports Performance Center. Uh, it will be a closed practice, so no, uh, no fans are allowed here at practice, but they will continue again on Friday. That practice is sold out, but we do have seven training camp practices still available in August. Again, be sure to head to NewOrleansSaints.com. There's a simple button there at the top of the screen for you to get your training camp tickets. So if you want to come out here, be sure to do that. And this Sunday, we have our training camp practice at Tulane's Yolman Stadium. That is free to the public, so make sure you come out to that. Bring the family, bring everyone. Again, that'll do it for the New Orleans Saints podcast. Thanks again to Kay Adams and Dan Campbell for their time for coming on the show. Uh, We'll tune in again on Friday and we'll follow everything up. Follow the Saints podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Follow at Saints on social media. And as always, download the Saints app to stay up to date with all of your Saints coverage. For Caroline Gonzalez, John DeShazer, thanks again.